BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. number two of your Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, and the Chicago Reader. Benny J, take it away. Every Wednesday, Monroe Anderson uh, joins us. And boy, I just think about the Wednesdays that we've had. The storming of the Capitol, that was on a Wednesday. Inauguration, that was on a Wednesday. And now we're in impeachment, too. Uh, and Monroe Anderson is sort of tearing himself away. Sort of, I say, because I hear the TV in the background from uh, watching the impeachment. Senator, like the uh, Alaska, who's Supreme Court. Here we go. I must have a... Ever present in his mind. Something else. And rightfully so. He oh. well, well, we're going to let oh. him work with the technical difficulties. Yeah, I can see you have the email on. And, and yeah, I mean, a, um, I don't know what this is. I'm gonna close up. <laughs> what a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. All right. <laughs> I don't know what this is. I think we're good, though. The, pro- okay. the problem is, is there? yeah, I think uh, I think we're good. We're good. Yeah. The problem is, is that Monroe didn't get to do his Tai Chi today. All right, that's the problem. If you had done his Tai Chi, I did not. Right, I did not. I was, I was, I, I was watching the second impeachment. I, uh, I failed to predict forty-three years ago. Which, which, uh, which is, impeachment would do it. Well, we're going to get into this. A lot of our listeners have been trash talking you on Facebook about uh, all the predictions. <laughs> uh, all the predictions that you've had have not come true. I always defend you. I said he's just okay. really trying to manifest something to happen uh, as opposed to literally predicting what happened. So, for instance, when he said Mississippi, we go for Joe Biden. He was trying to manifest it. That's what millennials say. Manifest. All right. And they're not buying it, Monroe. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right. Where do we start? Uh, I watched pretty much everything that went down yesterday. I didn't watch it in, uh, in real time. I watched it uh, later in the evening and I watched a good chunk of today. Uh, let's start with who I am impressed with, and then I'll tell you who uh, didn't do such a great job. Uh, i got to admit I'm really impressed with Jamie Raskin, the congressman from Maryland. Yes. Uh, did you share my f- uh, feelings about him, Monroe? Oh, yeah, no, he's incredible. Uh, he, 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 he brought everything to the, to the table, including emotion. Yeah. Really good, uh, a good job of just laying it out. And today, I thought he did a really good job uh, of talking. He started countering some of the the arguments by the president's uh, defenders about the First Amendment. 
Yeah. And how uh, Donald Trump had a First Amendment protection right to incite a riot. Right. Uh, very curious. Very curious to hear Republicans talking this way. Uh, but he did a good job at demolishing it. Go ahead. Oh, no. The Republicans uh, who, who used to be strict uh, interpret into more like strict interpretation of the Constitution are now uh, doing vibration constitution, you know, it's like, well, if you do this, but on this hand, et cetera, you know, it's, I mean, everything they, they used to claim they were for, they're now against. It's amazing. I mean, Trump really has destroyed the uh, GOP. Yeah. I don't feel sorry for them uh, in one bit. I always point out, and I will always point out, uh, that the Republican Party was the party of Joe McCarthy. The Republican Party was the party of Richard Nixon and the House uh, on American Activities Committee. Uh, and they went after so many alleged communists right. throughout the country, made their life freaking miserable. I never heard once Republican Party talking about First Amendment protected rights to free speech when it came to throwing some school teacher uh, out of a job because he may or may not have signed a petition saying he was a communist back in the 30s. You know what I'm saying, Monroe? I never, uh, never heard that. Weren't weren't they pretty much behind the book burnings? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so I, uh, I just find it really curious that all of a sudden the Republican Party is trying to position itself of a, as a party of free speech and liberty, which is really interesting. Liberty for me, not for the. Right. Uh, all right. Bruce Castor, in contrast to uh, Jamie Raskin, was the Republican lawyer for Donnie Trump yesterday. And yeah. uh, talk, uh, talk about his performance. Oh, it was. Um sobering. <laughs> I don't know what to describe it. He starts off um, sucking up to the senators, talking about how wonderful they are. And then he he talks about um, how he wants he, he, he had been in the building in the cap in, in, in the building um, 40 years ago and he got lost and he's still lost. He, he said this now I'm not saying. He he got lost and he still gets lost there. I mean, it's. I mean, if this was the worst. I mean, this, my my um uh, my my best friend Benny or my friend Benny or Vinny. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny. Yeah, my yeah. cousin Vinny. At least at the end, got it right. You know, he's a screw up in the beginning, but he finally got it right. This guy's not going to get it right ever. <laughs> now the, the the difference because because I'm 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 a more compassionate observer than you are, Ben. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I I felt a little bit sorry for the guy in that. First of all, he was in over his head, as as was his client, but also he had no time to prepare. And he's probably at this very moment wondering if he's actually going to get paid. Well, that's what I said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. So, so that's where that's that's probably where his concentration was. Like, am I actually going to get paid for this, or or am I getting suckered? I mean. 
every like uh, movie I've ever seen where the, the like the notorious drug dealer go meets with the lawyer, you know, yes. and the, the the lawyer always gets the money up front, right? I, I, and I, the criminal defense lawyers have told me you get the money up front. You de- right. never take unless you want to do the case. Now here it gets this positive. You want to do the case uh, to self promote yourself. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like, well, right. Uh, you know, and if it had been a different client. All sorts of uh, white collar law firms would have been jumping up and down to uh, defend the president, mm. but because he's a he he doesn't pay. You never know if you're going to get paid. <laughs> probably are, and he's a bad client. You tell him what you what he needs to do and what you need to do to win the case. And he says, screw you, I'm Donald Trump, and I'm going to do it this way. <laughs> so, you know, so when they were looking for, depending on how you're counting it, either the third string or the seventh string group of lawyers, nobody was stepping up to the plate. Yeah. So they finally found these, these couple of, of um, Jack Lane lawyers. <laughs> Yeah, they're probably not going to get paid. Oh my God, if they got paid now, after Trump saw that thing yesterday, no way he's paying that guy. Exactly. Oh no, he was so upset, you know, because the guy starts off saying, "Well, we had to turn out, change our strategy because the managers had such a brilliant <laughs> presentation. You know, we had to re, 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 re revamp." And Trump said, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, first of all, it's a, they're in a rough position. Uh, yes, because he's guilty. Yeah, we saw it. We saw it. saw it. Right, exactly. So you know, it's it would um, yeah. So it's it would be sort of that that case is is as difficult as the cop that killed George Floyd. You know, whoever has to defend him. Well, we, we saw him with his his knee on George Floyd's neck for eight minutes. Mm. And so, like, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they try to defend him. Yeah. Well, I... Uh... But see, it, it, it must be great to be in a, in a white in America because you can just do all kind of crap <laughs> and people make excuses for you. You know, there's a 17-year-old kid out there. Kyle Rittenhouse. I was just about yeah, to right. say him. Exactly. Out there shooting people, mm-hmm. killing people. And then he tries to turn himself in. The cops are driving down the street to stop the violence. And he's waving them down. And they say, oh, what, what, what in the hell is that kid with the AK-15 want from us? <laughs> <laughs> He's white. He's all right. Monroe, you were uh, speaking the truth there. And, and actually, he, you know, he has a $2 million defense uh, fund. You're talking about, uh, now you switched yeah. to Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and we talk, I, We did the deep dive. I urge everybody to check it out. Uh, actually, he fired. I saw this, uh, we're on a tangent here, but he fired a lawyer who uh, had a great deal of um, uh, responsibility for building that trust. I don't, know, I, haven't, I don't know where he's going with this case, but uh, there was a lawyer that would uh, help. He's out of bond, 
right now, in right. part because he raised all that money, or because he raised all that money. Right. Uh, but he's arguing self-defense. Yeah. We'll see if that works. Right. Um, but listen, if okay, you've seen let's the- go back, Let's go back to, to the, the uh, MAGA lynch, lynch mob. Yeah, the MAGA lynch mob. And so the footage I saw yesterday, uh, well, again, I, I'd already seen it, but when you watch it, and uh, they, you know, they had. Uh, they did a TikTok. That was, yeah. that was the difference. That the thirteen-minute one was a TikTok where they put it all yeah. in time sequence. Yeah. So that um, instead of it just being some crazy uh, mob acting up, you saw what what how 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 developments occurred. And and they had subtitles. So you can see what yeah. they actually said to the police. And I'm like, right. are you for real? Like right to the cop's face. Right. F you. And- right. 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 Because they were they were on a mission from God, <laughs> i.e. Donald Trump. And this yeah. is what they're doing with impeachment two, trial two right now. They're, they're showing how this was not the January 6th development that uh, Trump was building his fire for months before this happened, just um, conditioning these people to go to war for him. And they went to war. And they went to war. And they will go again, particularly if the, as, as, as it appears will happen, the Republican senators let him off. So uh, where are you now on your, we, we all know, okay, that there should be no reason to let him off. Right. Uh, I'm trying to, like the argument, I think uh, Raskin did a very good job of dealing with the argument. Well, he's no longer in office, uh, so we can't impeach him. And, and he pointed out there should be um, no January exceptions. Right. That's a, that's a great phrase. And I mean, just the sheer logic of it, he was impeached while he was president. And this is a trial. So just 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 because he's no longer in office, then that doesn't mean you, you don't get tried try once you've been indicted, mm. which is what the the House did. They indicted him. So it's, 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 it's only logical that you follow up. And this whole argument, well, he's not in office anymore, but he's planning on running for office again. And I personally don't think he could win it. I mean, when you stop and think, he, Trump, Trump's record is that there are more uh, people, I mean, he's the only president who has more people unemployed after he leaves office than what or before he left office says Herbert Hoover. Mm. He's got nearly a uh, uh, half a million people, Americans dead because he mishandled the pandemic. He has record numbers of uh, people unemployed and he, he managed to get the U S Capitol, um, yeah, um, raided, and this is the first time this has happened since the War of eighteen twelve. So 
his record is incredible. So what's he going to run on besides um, I hate I, and black people? All right. Well, that'll get you far in the Republican yeah, right. Party. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I disagree with you. Remove the last part, uh, the capital offense. Yeah. The whole record stood. And he got over 70 million votes this last go around. He came very close to winning an electoral college victory. He'll never win. Uh, I agree with you. It's, he, he couldn't do it in 2016 when his opponent was Hillary Clinton. He will never win a majority of the vote in this country. Right. But because of the cockamamie electoral college system that we have, uh, right. it, it is conceivable that he could win electoral college victory and Wisconsin and Michigan and Georgia and Arizona were skin of the teeth victories uh, for the Democrats. Yeah. And uh, so and for him in 2016, it was yes, for, exactly. Yeah. So I never rule him out. I believe, and this is why I believe that it's so important to have this impeachment trial and to present the evidence and let people right. see the outcome of what Donald Trump's presidency is. Right. I, Monroe, the fact that you said, even you, who was always willing to go out of the limb and predict the worst for Donald Trump, even you say you don't think they could get 17 senatorial votes. That's un, I just find it amazing. I And I continually contrast, compare Alderman and the Chicago City Council and their blind allegiance to our mayors. Now we mock them and made fun of them. And right. Senators in uh, Republican senators in uh, Washington who are so afraid. Okay, now, but this is the thing you have to factor in. Then this this is an impeachment trial. The jurors are senators, uh, but they are also with the Republicans. A lot of them are co-conspirators. And so this is why you, you it's 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 not going to pop. I don't think I don't I don't I don't think they're going to uh, vote him, convict him, because they were as guilty. They are as guilty for building the sentiment that led to the insurrection as he was. They 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 were enablers, and. Um, so they, they, I don't think they have a choice because they're just as guilty as he is. Well, not just as guilty, but almost just as guilty. Well, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, in other words, you're saying that if they were to vote to convict Donald Trump, that essentially they would be voting to convict themselves. Is that what you're saying? That I'm saying that. that Yes, that's part of it. I mean, because, I mean, a lot of them to this day haven't bothered to tell the truth. The Republicans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Trump could Trump could have solved this stuff a long time ago if he just told the truth. If, he's, if he just said, I lost, Biden won, then these people wouldn't have had the pretense of raiding the Capitol. There wouldn't have been a rally on January 6th. Donald Trump set up, arranged that rally. Right. Donald right. Trump bragged about the rally. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. And when he watched it, when it was happening, he watched it on TV in total fascination and glee. And was wondering why nobody else in the White House was as happy as he was. 
You know, they're going, oh, shit. <laughs> well, they're worried about their book deals, their careers, you know, what job are they going to get next? You know, uh, how can they be self-respecting, go back to society and pretend like the whole thing didn't exist, you know? Right. Uh, and, and Donald Trump's beyond that. He's, he, 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 he like exists in a whole other world. I, I, um, well, one of the things I said four years ago was that he was, um, suffering from um, early stage Alzheimer's. <laughs> and I, 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 I still think that's in play. Yeah. Well, obviously if you had early stage, it doesn't get any better. And I think that has to be a factor because he is, he has gotten to a point where he really believes that he won by a landslide. Well, he said it. I, I, does the con man believe his con? And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer. Yeah. To that. Well, um, if he's, if he's crazy, he does in particular. Yeah. He's suffering from dementia. I personally don't believe he believes it, but whatever, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, he, he said it. And that was one of the things that Jimmy Raskin presented. He broke down very effectively this morning. Uh, Jimmy, right. the, con- the congressman from Maryland, uh, he, he showed uh, footage of Donald Trump repeating. Ooh. Oh, there you are. Right. Yeah. Repeating uh, the, the lie that he uh, had won the election. Uh, and then he quickly uh, showed uh clips of MAGA who descended on the the Capitol saying they stole, take back the steel, take back the, they were like following uh, Donald Trump's command there. Uh, what do you think is, is there a possibility that the U S senators are also just afraid? Oh, you know, there's they're They're also they're They're not as afraid of Trump as they were say a month ago. Sorry, six weeks ago, but they fear him. I mean, once they took him off Twitter, he he wasn't nearly as frightening. Frightening, but they were afraid of a tweet mm-hmm. before, so he can't do that. But he still has all this support among uh, the Republican base. He's still in the eighties someplace with that, and so that's what they're afraid of being primaried. Yeah. Well, well, I was talking about a different fear. I, I already always knew that there was a political calculation involved in all this. And yeah. uh, as Republicans, uh, they, they had already made that calculation. They'd made that long ago that Donald Trump had captivated their base. And so they had to uh, be loyal to Donald Trump, with the exception of like Mitt Romney. I, right. I think he's really the only exception of the senators and Adam Kinzinger as a congressman. I'm really curious how his career is going to go uh, because I'm talking about a different kind of fear, physical fear. So Lindsey uh, Graham gave that weasel speech uh, on January 6th, which you and I have talked about. It was just so unbelievable. All of a sudden he got up there and said, we all know Biden won, which that's the first for you to right. say, you know, we all right. don't act like you knew it from the get go because you acted, you spent for the, like the last six weeks pretending he didn't win, you know? Right. Uh, but then he's like, Oh yeah, we all know uh, Biden won. And then uh, after he gave that speech uh, to vote to, uh, to certify the electoral college, he got heckled at an airport, which reports you know, yeah. heckling him. 
I think they're afraid, physically yeah, afraid. There, yeah, there's some of that, you know, but but um, the Democrats are more likely to be uh, shot or killed or something by the white supremacists and the the, the Trump supporters than, than the Republicans are. So that's not legit. And, you know, and, and McConnell has doesn't have to worry about that at all. I mean, he, he has security because of his position around him. He has protection. So I, so I, that's, that's, I mean, that, that, of course, that's a part of it, mm-hmm. but I think, yeah, I think they built, they built this house and they, they have to live in it and they want to live in it. And I think that for, uh, we may very well see the end of the grand old party. Thanks to Trump. And what will replace it? Uh, the Lincoln party. It'll be all those self exiled Republicans. Actually, the good thing for us progressives is that um, we're, we're going to end up with two parties, two, two right wing parties. One is extreme right-wingers, the Trump party, basically. They were calling themselves the Republicans. And then the old-fashioned legacy, um, common sense, BS and you, Republicans. <laughs> Typical Republicans. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't see that happening. And I, I'll put it this way. I don't see any evidence that there's a significant number of Republican voters who are moving toward the Adam Kinzinger's of the world. There have been a significant decline in the Republican Party. And from one state to the next, you know, tens of thousands of people um, declaring themselves no longer Republicans. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I see it happening because what we're, we're probably in for at some point in the not too distant future is a major violent act from the Trump supporters. They weren't able to finish the job at the Capitol, but they're going to do, you're going to have a mass shooting somewhere or an Oklahoma city like bombing somewhere but the violence is 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 especially if trump isn't convicted if the senate if they don't convict him then the violence is not going to stop wow what a sobering thought all right i'm gonna uh throw an accusation at you uh that republicans throw at democrats uh in the senate and uh, Donald Trump's uh, supporters put out all the time. Love to get your uh, response to this. Uh, and this is a this is sort of like the Donald Trump Jr. defense of his father, which is really not a defense at all. Uh, but is to say that Democrats are just obsessed with Donald Trump, uh, and uh, they can't move beyond Donald Trump, and that they just want to uh, bring him down. And uh, they've lost all s- saneness and uh, insanity uh, with their blind hatred for Donald Trump. Uh, your response to that? Okay, I'm guilty. <laughs> 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 I, 
And the thing is, Hillary was right. Remember, she said he was unfit to to be in office yeah. when they were in the debates, and she was right. And he he is he has demonstrated that time and time again over the past four years. And so, it's not personal. It's it's that the Peter principle is in play and having your country run by somebody who isn't the least bit qualified to run it is alarming. And, and then he has these ambitions of being a tyrant. You know, I mean, he has joked about being president for life mm. and if he could pull it off, he would pull it off. And he's, he, and he's, he's attempted in all kinds of ways yeah. to make that happen. And so it's not that, although he's quite hateable also, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's easy to hate Trump, but it's more than that. I, I, uh, I'm with you. I love how you did that. Guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, uh, I'm with you. I, I, the impeachment, I welcome it. Force America to see uh, what Donald Trump represented and see what he did and the destruction he caused and forced Republicans to uh, take a stand on this issue. I'm right. absolutely you know, and, even, and he, he probably, they probably aren't going to convict him, but all of this stuff is, is being reported and the average American, not just the, you know, the, not the, the Trump nuts, but the average American is seeing it all in a better context now. And, and you know that, uh, the right now the sentiment is sixty some percent would like to see him in peace. Yeah, yeah, Americans are just a bizarre group of people when it comes to this, and I've seen it. And I just got to comment on this. I've seen those same polls. Yeah. Uh, there's the fifty one percent of the public that voted for Joe Biden, essentially, right. and they right. want him impeached. There's no doubt about that. Then there, uh, Biden, Biden, fifty-one percent want Biden impeached. No, want Trump impeached. Okay, no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah okay. uh, and and so then there's the rest of the country, you know, the forty-eight percent, whatever it is, that voted for Trump, right? And uh, like uh, the soft support he has on the fringe may be moving toward impeaching him, but the rest don't want to impeach him because they're all enablers too. They're just as much as those senators. The way you put him on always Yeah, if you do the numbers, his hardcore support is 17%. Because what you have to factor in is that half the people didn't vote. Americans who could vote, almost half of them didn't. Is that so, right? No, no, no. Yeah, the turnout yeah. was more than... Wow. It's astounding. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's you know, it, it was a record turnout, but... I mean, but normally we're much less than that. Yeah. So I, 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 I view it this way. I, my, my view of it is that uh, uh, there's always going to be a portion of America that doesn't like confrontation, you know, I, I, and, um, right. and just like, you know, can we just like move beyond this? Right. There's always going to be a portion of America uh, that wants to move beyond it. And so really the, the Democrats are for the, we're trying to impose you know, what they think is right 
uh, on the American people. And that the Repub- the Democratic Party is not very good at that, Monroe. Just think about it. Like every, all the Democrats that we've elected as president, managed to get elected presidents, Clinton and Obama have always been like, when it, all of a sudden I felt a comp- compel, uh, compelled to do my Clinton imitation, which I won't, to like work some kind of compromise. You know, they don't want to force anything on anybody because we all really agree, you know what I'm saying? And so like now the Democrats are really trying to oppose something on America. This is kind of unique for the Democrats yeah, right. to do this. Right, no, because Trump has pushed us too far. We, we, we've seen the future and it's horrifying. <laughs> we almost got it. And so now, you know, now it's a completely different thing. And, you know, the, the problem is Biden is, is really walking a tightrope. <laughs> I got, I can't tell you, you mentioned Biden. I, it cracks me up. Yeah. The lengths to which they're going to show, he's not paying any attention to this. He's hard at this impeachment. He's hard at work for right. America. Right. And he's trying to do that, you know. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, they're going after Trump. They're going after Trump in this it's impeachment, this trial. They're really jacking him up. And so, yeah, well, you know, but Biden, Biden has all this wonderful stuff he's trying to do. Yeah. And he's and Trump again is sucking up all the oxygen. In the <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Listen, I, I I do find a smile when MAGA. Uh, throws a counter. The MAGA's counterpunches are so lame, but the counterpunch that Democrats are obsessed with Trump. MAGA, you you're the one who loves Trump. You're the one right. who votes for. It. You're the, still giving him money, right? You know he's right. a counter. Right. He's still giving him money, man. So <laughs> who are you to say the Democrats are obsessed? Uh, well, and the thing is, okay, here's another one of my predictions: uh-oh. is that after the trial is over particularly if he actually does get convicted, which is very long shotty, but mm-hmm. not, not an impossibility. But after the trial is over, he's going to start fading into oblivion. It may take a year, but once, once President Biden has um, taken care of the pandemic mm-hmm. and then the economy starts going back and coming into order, then except for that, that 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 core group of haters, white supremacists and Nazis and other deplorables, um, everybody else is going to be going, whoa, happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope that prediction comes true, but I don't know. I mean, everybody's depressed and unhappy right now. Yeah. All right, and, now. And, and blaming it on Trump will be a good thing. All right. Uh, before we throw off the possibility that uh, the Republicans vote to convict, I just want to point out. Yes. It's, it's a slow uh, increase, but we went from one Senate vote for impeachment with Mitt Romney in the first go around. Right. To five. And right. the second go around where five Republicans joined the Democrats uh, to vote to continue the impeachment as a throw as a point as opposed to throwing it out as unconstitutional and then there was a second uh attempt by the republicans to throw out the impeachment which was i think i've lost track of time I think on monday and there were six republicans who voted with the dems so we've won from one to five to six 
Right. You only need 11 more. Right, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Well, but when this is over, either you got to just have the, the, the six that you have or there's going to be a, a break in the dam. And you'll get you'll get your seventeen, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it is. Uh, and if you, this is what it depends on. This is this is going to be the deal. It's being watched, and if enough Americans, a, a light bulb goes on in their head that this is really dangerous and screwed up, mm-hmm. and they start making calls to their senators, then. There will be a, a lot of other people that suddenly get a conscience and a smile. But if that doesn't happen, you know, it's and and I and I don't know what's going on with the viewers at this point. Mm. The action is like, I mean, if you watch it, it's it's incredible. Well, I I work from the cynical, skeptical assumption that you do that we there will never be seventeen Democrat, uh, Republicans uh, with the spine to vote against Donald Trump. They're too afraid both of Donald Trump uh, and of MAGA, and their physical right. fear and political fear yeah. uh, is compelling them. So I'm with that's generally my, my instinct, uh, but. I've got you going from one to five to six and Mitch McConnell still playing that game. Still yeah. got that finger to the wind, you know, see which way it's going. Right. So I don't rule out, you know what I'm saying? I don't rule it out completely. Uh, I, I'm famous for saying if I had, I was going to put money in Vegas, I would put it here uh, on X, Y, or Z. Last week, I just said that regarding Kelly Cassidy in the state Senate district. I said, if I had money in Vegas, I'd put it on Kelly Cassidy. Well, Michael Simmons beat her. So I would have lost my money in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, you, also, you also put your money on the Kansas City. <laughs> uh, I thought Kansas City was going to, Mahomes was going to win that one. Well, I didn't even talk about the Super Bowl. I was, uh, we'll get to Karen Lewis in a little bit. My life turned upside down on Monday morning when I woke up and learned that Karen Lewis. Uh, we'll get to Karen Lewis in a little bit. We'll close with Karen, but, uh, I, um, I hold on. You also told me you wanted me to name my, um, okay. We'll go to that right now. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to continue to the impeachment talk uh, next week, et cetera. All right. Uh, the great Karen Lewis, uh, died Monday, the former uh, head of the Chicago teachers union, who, uh, I like to say, uh, uh, liberated Chicago. So Chicago that you could stand up to a powerful mayor and like the sky wasn't going to fall. The Sears Tower or Willis Tower wasn't going to jump into the Chicago River, Lake Michigan, what have you. Uh, and she passed. I was very upset. I talked about it uh, a great deal. Uh, she's on my Mount Rushmore of great Chicago politicians. We're going to get to your Mount Rushmore, but just talk a little bit about uh, where you see it. Deb Monroe. You've been around Chicago a long time cover politics, yeah. uh, press secretary to Gene Sawyer. Where do you see Karen's? What do you think Karen's legacy is uh, to this? No, I, 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 I think that she, she empowered the teachers union uh, because before her, they, they, they just, they didn't, they didn't have the toughness of mind that, that they, they have now. Now, whether, you know, when we come to whether teachers should be in schools or not, um, I, I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. 
tell you, I've, I've been on the fence on that. Uh, I don't have children, so I can be on the fence. Well, you don't have children in school. You, you have children, but they're not yeah, in school. Yeah. Children, not, not, they've, they've, they've been there, done that. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm not as invested and, and I don't teach high school. I, uh, so I, I'm on the fence on that. But she was incredible. In fact, I, I thought and I still believe that she would have been the mayor of Chicago had she not become ill. Because she had the charisma and the toughness and she, she, she had an army via the school teachers work for her because they loved her. So she 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 would have she she, she could have done it. Hey, would, fact, you, would you would you for Rom or a Kara Lewis? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for the softball. <laughs> uh, let me see. Kara Lewis Rom. Kara um, I think I might have date voted for Karen. <laughs> 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 yeah, she'd have mopped the floor with him. Right. Uh, I was, uh, I remember when she got the illness, I'm like, oh my goodness. And it was kind of weird. I feel ashamed because of, like my first instinct should have been, oh my God, poor Karen is is ill. But right. I was, <laughs> my other is like, can we catch a break? She would have mopped the floor with him. Right, uh, right. I know. Just being uh-huh. honest. I actually shared that with Carol Lewis. I told her that. I go, I gotta tell you, struggle with this. All right, uh, I'm, I got my Mount Rushmore of great Chicagoans, and uh, as you know, mine would all be um, great Chicago political figures. Are always going to be the outsiders who are trying to force the powers that be to do the right thing against overwhelming odds, be it open housing initiatives, being more money for the schools, being less money for corporations that don't need it. Always trying to get them to do the right thing, Monroe, and they always successfully resist me. So my four, you get four of Mount Rushmore. Leon Dupre, greatest alderman who ever lived uh, from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and out of Hyde Park. Most people have forgotten him. A few old timers like you and me remember him. Right. Uh, Ralph Metcalf, the great congressman uh, from the South Side who uh, – was uh, came up through the machine was a da- uh, mayor daily uh, first mayor daily supporter and then he just broke with daily uh, right. over the issue of police brutality and daily tried to punish him ran uh, some lackey against him and Ralph McCaff won and I think there's a symbol of empowerment Karen Lewis France. what's that Irwin France Yes, you remember. Erwin France was the one that Daly put up to run against uh, Ralph Metcalf. Great memory on your part. Karen Lewis, of course. Edmund, the greatest of all time in Chicago politics. The man who beat the machine. Harold Washington. That's my, Those are my four. So who are your four? Your Mount Rushmore of Chicago political figures. Okay. Okay. Harold Washington. I agree with you there. Um, then... Um, this is going to be a surprise, probably for you, Jesse Jackson. Okay, Jesse Senior. Senior, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just gotta make that clear. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. No, Junior. Yeah, Jesse okay. Senior. Then Ida B. Wells. Oh my God! You go. We even. I wasn't even around when Ida B. Wells was alive. Yeah, okay, you, you, know, you didn't give me a time limit. Are you fair enough? Fair enough. Fair enough. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> 
And then the other is so far back, I can't even remember her name. <laughs> the social worker. Jane Adams. Yeah. Huh? Jane, Jane Adams. Adams. Right, exactly. Jane right. Adams. That's right. it. Right. That's my four. All right. That's actually pretty good. Now, did you put Jesse Ch- uh, Lewis Jackson on there? Why do you put uh, – it's a, actually, he, he's a strong contender, but why do, you, uh, why do you put Jesse Lewis Jackson up there? You know, because Jesse, as Harold once said, Jesse is a force for good, as they were duking it out and whatever. And he had to make up to Jesse. I mean, Jesse has done – a, a lot of questionable things, mm-hmm. but he has been a power. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there is, um, there is no name besides Harold out, out of Chicago that's better internationally now. You know, I mean, he's just Jesse showed it's still, you know, and his illness is still showing up for uh, rallies and. And causes and whatever you know, he, he's, he's he's not in good shape anymore. Yeah, and, and someone is still writing a column under his name that comes out once a month or so in the Sun. Oh, I'm like Frank, <laughs> Watkins. Frank, <laughs> Frank Watkins does that. I don't think they're well. Okay, uh, no, I, I, remember, huh? I, I I would. I'm not sure Frank Watkins is still working for uh, uh, Jesse Jackson, but anyway, neither here nor there. No, I talked to him. I've talked to him. Recently, on his mailing list, he sends me the column. Oh, okay. Then I sit corrected. In fact, you should have him on sometime. I would have Frank Watkins on. I know him way back when in the 80s. Right. Uh, right. He's been with Jesse Jackson forever. That's right. a good right. suggestion. And uh, but was, I, oh, here, here's, let me tell you this about Frank real quick. So, he was, he was, he was, um, Al, 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 Reverend Al um, ran his campaign too when he ran for president. We did Al Sharpton, right? I, f- I forgot that Al Sharpton ran. And then he gave that 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I can't uh, remember now. But. Uh, he he, uh, gave, he gave a great speech at the Democratic Convention, I remember, on behalf, I think it was Clinton. Uh, but anyway, I uh, my only hesitancy for Jesse Jackson, and he is a powerful figure, yeah. absolutely, internationally known, uh, an amazing career and so long career, is right. that I think in some ways he's just so beyond Chicago. Because he used Chicago as his, you know, foundation to build, to be an international figure. And yeah. he ran for president twice. So that's my only caveat. He's beyond Chicago, if you follow what I'm saying. Yeah, Bigger except, than Chicago. Yeah, right. Except, say, unlike you, I don't think of Chicago as the second city. I even the third city. <laughs> Chicago number one. Oh, okay. yeah. The, the world revolves around. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. All my complaining, and I've stayed here since 1981, and I'm obsessed with it. You I would have left this city a long time ago. Right. Uh, by the way, uh, there, there, there was only one time I was going to leave, and that was uh, 78, 79. When we had the worst, the coldest winter one oh, year, and the greatest amount of snow. Yeah. And so even I got fed up with it at this if point. Either one of us had any sense we would have moved to California. Uh, I just want to say this. Monroe uh, Anderson has been around Chicago even longer than I, ha- I've, I have, which is impossible to believe. But we're, t- we're having this uh, uh, book coming, a compilation of uh, my, my some of my stories from down to the years that the reader is publishing as an effort to raise money for the show and raise money for the paper. Uh, and one of them, Monroe, 
I'm happy to say I'll probably go into a little detail later, uh, features you. And okay. it's from the 1980s. Uh, Monroe Anderson, I just love saying this, was every bit of much of a troublemaker back in the 1980s when he was at the Chicago Tribune, uh, as he is today. And uh, when the book comes out, I'm going to read it when you're on. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to save it for that moment. Monroe Anderson from a 1984. Good God, am I old, Monroe. 1984 article I wrote for the reader, which we, uh, it was the one article that we took from before they went on the computer. Somebody uh, typed it up and we put it in the, um, in the compilation. So anyway, that's something we'll be talking about in the future. Monroe Anderson's been around as long as I have. Monroe, stay safe and sound. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Okay, and maybe Trump will be uh, convicted, or maybe he will have gotten off scot-free, or maybe the trial will still be going on. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. All right. Take care, Monroe. That's a great Monroe Anderson. Uh, What you got for me, D? All right, we're going to do the back half here. But before we do that, uh, we would like to urge all of you listening to read the latest Chicago Reader column from our very own Ben Jarofsky. A piece on the late, great Karen Lewis, Now They Love Her. Ben, I think we all know what this is about, but in case if there's anyone wondering, tell us a little bit about your latest column. Well, I urge everybody to read it, and uh, longtime listeners of the show know where I'm coming from. Uh, I love Karen Lewis dearly, and I'm going to try to keep it together here. Um, So it's on a personal level, it's a dear friend, and uh, on a political level, I really appreciate uh, what she did for the city by standing up uh, to Mayor Rahm, the powers that be, back in 2012, and making Chicagoans realize they just don't have to take whatever crap Rahm or Daly is trying to shove down our throat. So I will always love her for doing that. And I know she did that at great sacrifice to her life and her, uh, you know, she wasn't, she was closing on 60 when she did that. And she didn't need to suddenly uh, take a public role, but she did. She took the challenge. Uh, and she accepted the consequences for it. And I will always love her for that. But I just had to say something about all the phonies who are coming out to say how much they love Karen Lewis and how much they respect Karen Lewis. And oh, what a great leader she was. And none of them, none of them, were there when she needed them to support her. When she stood up for the teachers, when she stood up for the kids, when she stood up for more like equitable distribution of goodies in this city instead of giving them all to rich people, like spreading it out to the ordinary people. She, was, she emerged as a public figure in the middle. I love saying this. In the middle when uh, all the Democrats were acting like Republicans and talking about going into firehouses and telling the firefighters, I'm going to cut your pensions and talking about privatizing the workforce and farming out contracts to charter school cronies. They were trying to show that they were like going to be as tough on the, the democratic base as any Republican. That's the mindset of Democrats back then. That's when Karen stood up. Where were any of you to support her? Now you all love her. And it just, I've seen it so many times, D, in my life. We're great champions. They pay a really strong price for speaking up for poor people, black people, working people, unions. 
They pay a tremendous price for it. Martin Luther King, Muhammad Ali. It just pops to my mind. But then when they're dead, oh, everybody loves them. And Muhammad Ali, it started before he died. He, when he had Parkinson's, he couldn't talk. Oh, everybody loved Muhammad Ali. Even Donald Trump loved Muhammad Ali. They were ready to throw him in jail because he didn't want to go to the Vietnam War. They took away his championship. They wouldn't let him fight. But when he couldn't talk and he was dead, they loved him. So I had the same feeling with Karen, and I just let it out. I go, oh, now they love her. Where, where were you when she, when, you, when, when she needed you? There were three. Stacy and I did the count. There were four aldermen who supported the teachers when there were four. Nikki Spazzato, I always give him credit. For the northwest side of Chicago. I know he's a conservative Republican. He loves Donnie Trump, but he stood with the teachers. And I, I, I always will have that respect for Spazzato for doing that. John Arena stood with the teachers. Scotty Wagsback was with the teachers. And Bob Fioretti was with it. That's it. The rest of them were playing that Proco Joe Moreno card. Well, you know, I love teachers, but this union, could they get a better leader? She's so mean, you know, so that I kind of let, let go D with all that got it off my chest. It's the latest column from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Now they love her now available at Chicago Go check it out. And also check out our interview with Stacey Davis Gates. If you haven't yet. Damn, it was a good interview. Go check it out. ChicagoReader.com, wherever you download podcasts. Also, yes, Ben Jarofsky has a book coming out. More details on that to come later in the days, the weeks, and the month. Uh, what is this, an infomercial? Ben, let's get uber local and talk statewide news. Well, we got to get down to business. You're damn right we do. On February 17th, one week from today, the man who loves Illinois more than anyone Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker will be delivering his 2021 budget address. Don't believe me? Well, consider these facts. The first <laughs> cell phone was invented Okay, we, we so believe you. the first television remote control? We believe you, J.B. You love Illinois. We get it, dude. <laughs> and Ben, hey, we don't have to wait until next week to get some details. Shout out to Illinois Politico and Shia Kapos for the info. We got a little sneak peek of uh, J.B. Pritzker's 2021 budget address here. Uh, It says here, Governor J.B. Pritzker's office released some nuggets of his budget plan Tuesday ahead of his February 17th virtual presentation to the General Assembly. Some highlights, Ben. Uh, It says here, there's no increase in state spending, no increase to the 4.95% flat tax rate, and the budget deficit is only, only $3 billion. (laughs) Only. Uh, down oh down from the 5.5 billion dollar original estimate all right so those were some highlights all right uh things have been better but hey things have been worse uh the less dire financial picture comes as state income and sales taxes which both fuel the budget did not bottom out as seriously as initially believed because of the economic consequences of the pandemic but as she accomplished writes don't get too comfortable though because there is no question that this budget will include painful choices, the administration said in a statement, adding, as the effect of the pandemic diminishes over the coming months, the governor will continue to focus on economic recovery for the hardest hit. Two topics you can expect to be covered, 
Savings. The budget proposal suggests closing corporate tax loopholes valued at $900 million and redirecting revenues such as the cigarette tax into the general fund and deficit adjustment. Ooh, this is just entertaining. The, <laughs> the projected budget deficit fell to $3 billion after the state paid off $700 million of the $3.2 billion it borrowed from a special Federal Reserve program, and that is according to the governor's office. All right. Wow. Uh, we we got to bring Susanna Mendoza back uh, to do some of these uh, number crunching. And bring Markwick in, Rob Markwick, Senator Mark. We had a little conversation about this with Kelly Cassidy uh, for Friday's show. Uh, not much. Just so everybody knows, I'll remind you, uh, budgets are projections. Uh, and, and they're very political documents. So they're projecting how much money they expect to take in and how much money they're supposed to, uh, to spend. And uh, when they're all said and done, they declare it's balanced. And then in six months, we realize, oh, it wasn't balanced. That's how it goes, folks. That's uh, the politics of a budget. Uh, in this case, uh, Pritzker, he does not want, in my humble opinion, just listening to what you were saying, Dee, and reading the newspaper today, he does not want to step forward at this moment. And I'll blame him talking about a tax increase. So he's going to hold back on that. The fair tax was defeated. Uh, thank you, Phyllis. Thank you, Kenny G. The fair tax was defeated, so we can't raise the rates on the wealthiest people. So now it would be just a flat tax rate. So he's not really ready to raise taxes on everybody. He's going to hold back. a couple. What is he looking for? He's looking for to see how much money is Joey B going to kick in? How much money is President Biden uh, going to get through the Senate and Congress? Will there be more relief for the states? Or will Republicans, no, no money for the states. Republicans are insane, ladies and gentlemen. Just absolutely an insane party. I mean, in some ways, their uh, refusal to convict Trump is just emblematic of a larger insanity, like dedicated to the notion that they can't help the states. Wow, what a weird party. Anyway, so how much money will they get from um, the uh, government? And then there's another uh, reality, like win the vaccine is widely distributed. And like I said, thanks to Mark Brown, I'm now on a waiting list. Hooray! <laughs> Even geezers are slowly going to get it. Even geezers are neurotic. Anyway, when everybody's vaccinated, when even the Dr. D's of the world, young, healthy, uh, non-frontline essential workers get vaccinated, how much will the economy recover? Uh, how much, you know what I mean? Uh, how much more taxes will be uh, fed to government because people are spending more? Uh, people going back to work, uh, property taxes increasing because, you know, uh, buildings are being used again. But we don't know. We don't know what the answer to all this is, but they're hoping two things on a positive level, that there'll be money coming from Washington and there'll be increase uh, in the amount of revenue that they get once the economy picks up because the pandemic is under control. So, D, this is what the governor's doing. It's sort of like a classic punt. You know what I mean? Well, let's see what comes down the road before we decide we have to raise taxes. And of course, he knows he's exceedingly unpopular uh, in outside of Chicago and Cook County and DuPage County, perhaps, as Dennis likes to point out, this Pritzker sucks signs are everywhere. So I don't know. Uh, maybe he doesn't want to add to that either. So a kind of a cautious sort of political punt. I think that's what this budget is going to be. Springfield politicians, they promise they won't tax retirement income if their constitutional uh, amendment passes. You know, Phyllis, you've really worn out your welcome. 
here on the Ben Travis yeah, show. Yeah, so listen, I know you wanted to be an intern uh, to work with Dennis, but I'm afraid we've had many other qualified people. So stop sending a sh- stop sending Dennis your resume, okay? And stop calling Ben on his landline, would you? My God, we're Did doing you, a show. I don't know if you heard that, but it, it rang. <laughs> it rang in the middle of it. Monroe, I got the phones buried under paper. It's still <laughs> right. Oh, God. All right. More statewide news and more news about Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Illinois is a state with a grand history of profound impact on our nation and our world. Okay, we get it, dude. You love Illinois. <laughs> we here on the Ben Jarofsky Show have oddly been keeping a close eye on our 2022 Illinois gubernatorial election. In fact, (laughs) we're now 636 days away, Ben. Is that right? That's right. Wow. That was Danny Biss of you to do that math. But frankly, we've been obsessed wondering which Illinois Republican will be running against our Democratic Illinois governor in yes one year from now what is our problem (laughs) shouldn't be thinking about this but honestly we are Uh, but for those who are new to our program we have made a list a list of potential candidates who could be running against governor jb pritzker but in typical ben jarofsky show fashion it's not an actual list like on paper and we just try to remember them on the spot sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and it's so about true. and it's about to happen again. But so far on our list of potential 2020 gubernatorial candidates, we have a few names. Names that include state rep Darren Bailey. That is correct. State senator. He's now a state senator. Oh my goodness, state senator. My apologies. Now state senator. Darren Bailey. Uh That is correct. Okay, I get you. Uh state senator Bill Brady. Yes, also a very well, white feller. Uh, but also, he's no longer a state. Former state senator Bill Brady, he stepped out. Well, thank God you're following this stuff. <laughs> I know, what a geek. Oh, my God, it's embarrassing. I know this stuff. Go ahead, D. So, Bill Brady, whatever he is now, what is he again? Former state senator. That is correct. Okay. U.S. representative, or U.S. representative? I don't know. Rodney Davis. Is he on the list? I thought you were going to go with U.S. Representative Mary Miller. She seems more in line with uh, MAGA, but okay. Well, let's throw them both on the list. What the hell? So just rumored names now. Uh, U.S. Representative Adam Kinzinger, Todd Ricketts. Oh, God. (laughs) You remember when we talked about that, right? I forgot about him, yeah. Oh, God, help us all, yeah. And even a feller named Man Cow. It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right, it's made entirely out of butter, and, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. (laughs) Mr. Cow, uh, what is your position on the tax rate? Thank you, Mr. Cow. That's really, uh, that's more intelligent uh, thing than DB said. Hey, hey, Darren Bailey. Hey, how come Blago's not on that list, huh? I don't think it's Probably legal. What's that? I don't think it's legal. Jury's still out. Yeah. Hey, Pat Whalen, look into that a little more, all right? <laughs> so I think that's our list. I think uh, that's uh, the people that we've mentioned so far. But, Ben, it looks like, for now, we have to mark someone off. 
of our list that's not really a list that we just have in our head and try to remember every time. A hopeful became a nopeful. Representative Adam Kinzinger said on Tuesday that he has no plans to run for governor or U.S. Senate in 2022, acknowledging it would be difficult to get through a primary. Adam Kinzinger said, quote, it's not my intention to run for anything statewide. Responding to Playbook's question during a 70-minute conference call with Illinois reporters, Kinzinger did leave open the slightest of windows, saying he's, quote, not going to rule anything out. So what the hell does this all mean? It means nothing. (laughs) What What is this? All right. The five term. It means nothing. (laughs) I hate stories like this. The five term congressman dismissed the chatter that the reason he voted to impeach Donald Trump was for personal uh, political gain, saying, quote, people who speculate that don't know me. And I would even argue that they probably don't know something about politics. If you think I can get through a primary pretty easily. In the wide-ranging discussion, Kinzinger said he hasn't actively lobbied Senate Republicans to vote to impeach Donald Trump, but he has talked to some of them about why he thinks they should. Kinzinger, remember, was one of 10 House Republicans to vote for Trump's impeachment this time around. He voted against on the first one, because remember, there's two. Uh, For weeks, Kinzinger's name has been floated as a possible GOP challenger to Governor J.B. Pritzker or Senator Tammy Duckworth, both Democrats who are up for re-election in 2022 when he started his, quote, county first initiative to shift the Republican Party away from Trump. Some saw that, including me, as a signal of his interest in a statewide office. Kinzinger insists he's focused on only rebuilding the GOP, saying, quote, I really have felt compelled that this is a fight worth having. And if it leads to me being out of office in a year and a half, so be it. I'm at peace. If it leads to something else, So be it. I'm at peace. But right now, the battle is to save the soul of this party. Good luck with that. Congressman Kinzinger, good luck with that soul. No, I, uh, I, I, I share Kinzinger's uh, skepticism that it, about his ability to get through uh, MAGA uh, in any primary. And as I point out, uh, his best bet in a statewide primary. And I do not. Let's just start with something. He didn't rule it out. He goes, I have no plans, which is different than ruling it out. So, uh, yeah, it's um, I'm sure he's thinking about it. And, you know, he's an ambitious uh, young man. And I'm sure he's thinking about higher office. Uh, uh, when the uh, Harlem Mamas were on the show the other day, uh, Heidi and Murray, who know a lot about Adam, Adam Kinzinger because they've been trying to defeat him all these years good lefties from uh, the 16th Congressional District, uh, they pointed out they think it's more likely that he would run it for a Senate against Tammy Ducks- Duckworth uh, in 2022. Either one is going to be tough, D, beating uh, Pritzker. I know everybody's like, oh, but then Pritzker's got the old Pritzker suck signs and people are mad at him. And it's like, yeah, guy's got a lot of money, okay? So, uh, and he plus he has a lot of support in Chicago and Cook County. So it's not going to be that easy uh, to defeat JB, even though they apparently really dislike him uh, downstate, which I can't understand. Um, well, I guess I can't understand. Anyway, but back to Kinzinger. So his best bet in a Republican primary, as it's now constituted let's, for Senate, is like, let's, I mean, excuse me, for governor, if there's like four MAGA people running and they split the vote. And that's a, you know, and it could be that way. 
there's a lot of ambitious MAGA people who think they should be up next. Uh, and so um, I think that uh, it's, it's a real possibility. I don't know if he can win statewide. And you got to listen to Heidi and Murray who know about his record. He is really strongly against a woman's right to choose. And I don't know if a governor could win statewide being anti-choice. I really believe that, D. So I, uh, you need some votes in uh, Cook County and DuPage County and, uh, and of course, the city of Chicago. You got to win over some votes. And uh, Bruce Rauner's te- technique in 2014 against Pat Quinn was to uh, come out hard against unions and uh, make it be clear that he was going to try to do his best to take care of rich people. Uh, hit hard on uh, cultural issues. Like, I don't remember, he would go around in his motorcycle, D, I'm against Reefer, and uh, play that game. Uh, and then, but reassure, you know, well-to-do North Shore women and DuPage County women that he was for women's right to choose. And his wife joined that campaign. They took out the full-page ad. So that's how he was able to win. I don't know how an anti-choice person can win statewide, but uh, we shall see. Because I do believe Adam Kinzinger has uh, larger ambitions. All right, everybody. There you are. That's our Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, February 10th. You can reach out to us at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can always send us an email, BennyJShow at gmail.com, BennyJShow at gmail.com. And we have a phone number. It's true. Call the Ben Jarofsky Show, 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. Eight eight. We would love to hear from you. And Ben, I don't know. My money's on man cow. It's the butter cow, <laughs> which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, it, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. Oh, <laughs> uh, Governor Cow, what is your position on the tax? Like, <laughs> Excellent cow impression, by the way. We'll add that to the list. <laughs> What can I say? Do you been in this game a while, young man? I can tell you a few radio stories. Uh, I want to thank Monroe Anderson doing an outstanding job, as he always does, uh, every Wednesday. And, of course, the man, myth, the legend, pride of joy, open along without whom the show would be possible. And as man cow, Kinsinger, and Darren Bailey would tell you, back home and on, they call White Lightning. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. It's the Butter Cow. It's the Butter Cow. Illinois. Illinois. We got to get down to business. It's the Butter Cow. We got to get down to business. It's the Butter Cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. Illinois. Illinois. Illinois is a state with a grand history of profound impact on our nation and our world. We've sent four transformative presidents to the White House. We were the first state to...
gratify two